Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Last night we began ministering and referring to something that God said to me in September of last year. And he said to me, it's time for miracles. Aren't you glad that we're hearing from him what it's time for, not just from the news what it's time for. But he has something to say about the time we live in. Amen. Amen. And the times that we're living in, he said it's miracle time. Amen. 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 And uh, in saying that, he's letting us know what he's emphasizing. Yes. And he's letting us know what we need to be emphasizing. He's letting us know what we need to develop skills in. Yes. It's not about getting God to work miracles. God wants to work miracles. And when he says it's time for miracles, he's not saying that there's not a time that it isn't time for miracles. It's always time for miracles. But when he says it, he's saying you need to emphasize in this time miracles. Amen. And in doing that, to emphasize it is not just saying it's time for it. It's time for us to study it, yes. believe for it, yes. call it Amen. so that we can become skillful at receiving miracles, but also so you as believers can become skillful at ministering miracles, that others need miracles that you're going to come in contact with. And miracle power is so great, it goes beyond your life. It reaches out into the lives of others. Amen. And so we need to become skillful with receiving them and also skillful in ministering to them, ministering miracles. And we said this last night, faith goes two directions. It goes in the receiving direction and in the ministering direction. Amen. That we have to realize it's not all about us. That God's wanting to use us to bless someone else. And we need to to feed ourselves and develop spiritually and grow up with not just ourselves in mind, but with others in mind that others are going to need what God's put in me. Amen. Can I tell you on my book table back there, I've written 22 books now. That's my life. That's what I've learned. And I honored what God's taught me enough to put it in book form for you. Those books are not for me. They're for you. Amen. Because I honor what God's taught me and what God's brought me through and the light he's given me. You need to honor what he's put in you so that you share it with others in the way he has you to share it. I'm not telling you go out and write books. I'm telling you that's the way he told me to share it. But how is he telling you to share it? Amen. Because miracles are for us, but they're also to be through us. Amen. And so it's our job to become skillful. Because God can only use people that know how to respond to him. Amen. He wants to use everyone, but not everyone will respond to him. And uh, to become skillful, part of that includes that we learn how to respond to him. We learn how to respond to miracle power. We learn how to respond to the word. Learn how to respond to the Holy Ghost. Learn how to respond in a circle.
service, respond when our pastor preaches or when he ministers by the Spirit. We have to learn to respond, and that's part of the skill level that we need to develop. Amen. We need that skill set in place so that people don't just sit in a church like this. When I was... When I was growing up, we were, of course, we grew up in church, but we never knew that we had any part of response in the church. We thought it was our job to show up and the preacher do it all. And we certainly held to our end of the bargain. We just sat down. I'm here. And we expected the pastor to do it all. And therefore, we got very little. Because we got to the measure we responded. We received to the measure that we responded. And so because we didn't know that it was... Uh, not only appropriate, but prescribed by God that we respond before he can move in our behalf. Do you know that no one ever got born again until they responded? You responded to the salvation message. That's how you got born again. You didn't just go to church and do this and get born again. You can't just go to church and do this and get a miracle. You have to respond to miracle power. And that's part of the skill set we have to put in place because our flesh is so skilled at sitting down. It's church time, just sitting down and just letting the pastor do something. And if the Holy Ghost wants us to respond, oh, no, are you kidding? Are you kidding? And then, and then the, do you remember the first time? Now, see, I can remember because of being raised in a denominational church where we did not raise our hands in a worship service. Are you kidding? We were too busy. Our, our hands were full with a hymnal. We can't hold a hymnal and raise a hand and pinch the children, you know, and do all that. And I remember when I first started going to a church and people were raising their hands and my flesh felt odd. Yeah. 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 I had to get past my flesh feeling odd. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just not me. No, that's just... I mean, people will use that. It just means your flesh has been getting the, taking the lead for so long that you're not used to putting your flesh down so that your spirit gets to respond through your flesh. That's right. Instead of your flesh hindering your spirit from response. Because your spirit can't be heard until your mouth opens. Your faith can't be heard until your mouth opens. What's in your spirit has to come out through your flesh. You understand? But it didn't originate with your flesh. When it originates with your flesh, it grieves the flow of a service. But when it originates with your heart, it accelerates and enhances the flow of a service. Amen. Amen. And so I, I 
remember it being in a service and the first time everybody raising their hand, what is that? And then they'd say, you know, um, you know, tell somebody you love them. Tell them I love them. I don't know them. Oh my gosh. My nickname, this, this isn't in my notes. This is totally for free. This is totally for free. When I was growing up, my mother called me Miss Touch Me Not. Because if you got a chair, stay in it. Don't get in my chair. Can you scoot over, please? You are tight on me. Quit breathing my direction. You know, it was like, I have my space. You got your space, stay in your space. You don't have to hug me, I'm not falling. Get your arm off of me. I did not like being touched. I didn't, don't, don't touch me. Some of you laugh because you're either like that or you know someone like that. Right? But when I got saved and it was appropriate to show a response of love, the response of love is not this, don't touch me. That's not responding to the love in your heart. And you understand there's an appropriate touch with that, right? But when I started going to a church and they'd say, you know, turn around and greet, greet somebody. My gosh, I'm here, you're here. You see me? Why do I got to, hello? You <laughs> know. Flesh felt uncomfortable doing these things in church because I grew up in a church to where we didn't have to respond. Don't be bossy and make me respond. But can I tell you this? No fellowship is enhanced without response. a dating life yeah. <laughs> if ain't nobody responding. That's right. <laughs> right? You cannot even reach out to hold someone's hand and they jerk their hand back. It, the date's over. <laughs> if that's the response, you go to reach out and hold their hand and they go like this, you need another date. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because their response lets you know this is going no further. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right? That's the way some people, their, their spiritual life doesn't go any further because in church, the Holy Spirit starts moving and they go like this. And he gets grieved and he draws back because you let him know you're not welcome in my space. Now we know he's in us, but he, we have to let him know he's welcome in the space around us. That's right. He's welcome in our home. He's welcome in our conversation. He's welcome in how we treat one another. Amen. And I remember when I married Ed, you know, because he had been in the ministry for 20 years. I had been in a denominational church for 22. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we got married, he, um, <laughs> 
we started traveling. And so it's all new people every day, you know, all the time it's new people. And they all wanted to see Ed's new wife and hug Ed's new wife. And it's like, really? Some churches are more huggy than others. I'm gracious. I'm kind. Just keep your distance. I'll, I'll shake your hand. I'm fine with that. Just this is my this is my space. I've got it up this way. This way. <laughs> This is my space all up here, all around here. This is my space. And it took me years to quit cringing. It took years for me to realize I'm not letting my flesh hinder my fellowship. Many times people's flesh is hindering their fellowship with God because they will not respond in a service to Him. That's right. Yeah. Amen. And when they don't respond, the spirit's grieved and withdraws. Not from their life, but from the flow of that service. This is part of receiving miracles. There has to be proper response. Proper response. Now I can hug everybody in here and not think a thing about it. Because I learned to step over my flesh. Because if you're ever going to, have, if you're ever going to live out of your spirit, you have to step over your flesh and put it down. You have to. As a pastor, in pastoring for 25 years, my, my personality, my temperament is I am not a confrontational person. Now don't misunderstand me. With my children, I'm all over you. I, 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 I'm, I'm the boss when it comes to me and my children. But I'm talking about in a setting of a congregation. I was not confrontational. I, I'm a, I'm, I, I, I've never had problems growing up because I didn't get in people's face. Just don't get in mine. I won't get in yours. You know? And uh, I never got, I never got offended or felt like I had to defend myself. Somebody could say something. I don't care. I don't even, I don't even give a rip. Just walk on. Just walk on. Not because I was a coward or afraid. It's just because I didn't care. I really don't care. I mean, like, I don't. <laughs> and uh, so when I started pastoring, there would come people into the services that were not pure. They weren't right. They weren't there to be, be a part of a church family. They were there to find a date. Or they were there to work a scheme. Or they were there to sell a product. And you're not doing that in my church. And I had to become what my flesh was not. So that my spirit, the knowledge of my spirit would 
take its rightful place and say, not here you don't, not here you don't. And I would have to put my flesh down so that my spirit could, I could pastor by the spirit and not by my flesh. If I was going to pastor by my flesh, it would have gotten, it would have run wild. But we've never had a church split in 25 years. We never had anything near a church split in 25 years. Why? Because something something get out of place, I'd say, no, you don't. And I would step past my flesh to do that. You have to step past your flesh to grow up spiritually. You have to step past your flesh to walk out the plan of God. You have to step past your flesh to pray. You have to step past your flesh to walk in faith. You have to step past your flesh. You have to violate and put down your flesh. To have miracles, you have to get past your flesh. I said all that to say this. You still have to get past your flesh. You have to get past your flesh. Amen. If you're going to respond in a service, my husband made this statement one time, one time he said, the reason more people don't receive more in a service is because they don't respond more. He said that one statement and a window was open to me and God gave me an entire, in fact, I wrote a book on it just off that one statement. And when I began teaching that, it changed our church overnight because it's not about what will God do, it's about what will you respond to. That's it. Yes. And so much of the church world is trying to get God to do something. Yeah. And he can't apart from your response. He can't even get the life of God in you at the new birth apart from your response. You have to respond to an altar. You have to respond to the teaching message. You have to respond to the salvation message. Whether you're in a church or at home or in a place of business and somebody witnesses to you, you have to respond to that. Without responding, you can't be born again. No one can be born again without response. No one can be healed without response. No one can receive prosperity from God without response. No one can receive a miracle without response. It calls for response. Amen. We need to practice responding and put down our flesh so that our flesh doesn't stop us. from. Now, I'm not talking about flesh responding. I'm talking about spirit getting its expression through your flesh. When I raise my hands, that's not my spirit raising my hands. That's my flesh. But my spirit is the one that directs my flesh to do that. Amen. You understand that? Confession. When you confess the word, you have to step past your flesh to do that because your flesh wants to watch TV. Your flesh wants to just, sit, let's just sit and eat. Or let's just talk about somebody else. But you have to step past because the confession can't be made until your spirit starts directing your flesh. And part of a flow of miracles is that your spirit gets the lead. And you, you demand that your flesh responds to your spirit and not to your emotions, not to your mind. Your flesh will serve your mind if you think wrong. It'll serve your emotions. It'll serve your feelings. But God wants it to serve your spirit so that you go about with your flesh and you don't mind hugging someone who needs to know God's interested in you. And today, they, no one calls me Miss Touch Me Not. I touch you. 
Why? Because I put down that part of my flesh. It doesn't, it, it doesn't even seem like it was ever part of me because I put it down long enough that it left my flesh. In a church service, if you want to receive from God, you have to respond to the Holy Spirit. You have to respond when the pastor's preaching, not just sit there like this. There has to be, there has to be when your spirit gets full, it starts coming out. You know, you said, well, you got scripture for that. Yeah. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. Wait a minute. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. Out of the abundance of the spirit, spirit and heart. Same. When the, when the spirit gets full, the mouth, where's the mouth in the flesh. It's in your flesh that when your spirit gets full, your flesh picks that up and it starts flowing out your mouth. Amen. And it starts changing words. Spirit words come out instead of, instead of unrenewed thoughts coming out. Amen. Part of being skillful is our response to God's miracle power. That he wants to do something, we have to respond. We have to respond. It's not enough that the pastor responds. We have to respond. Amen. You can have two people having the same physical need come to the same service, hear the same sermon. One walk out healed and one walk out sick. What's that based on, God? No. Response. Amen. You say, no, isn't it based on faith? No, because a lot of people can have faith and not ever respond to the faith that's in them. And still walk out sick. Yes. It's not up to just faith. It's up to response. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say unto this mountain. If Listen, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say. If you just have a little bit, it's just, if you'll just start saying, it only takes a little bit of faith to, to do the job. But you can have a bucket full of faith and if you never open your mouth and respond, you'll go down with a bucket full of faith on the inside of you. It's about responding. Do you know your life before you were born again demonstrated what you responded to? Yeah. That's why some are, some were drug addicts or alcoholics or they were gossips or they were uh, tormented in their minds it, based on what they responded. Do you, you know what your, your life is now and that you're born again? What you respond to. <laughs> Still the same thing. God just gave us something greater to respond to. And by responding to him, it dominates the wrong things we used to respond to. And drives the wrong things out of our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you know if you if there's an addiction or a bad habit you want to break, you don't break it by trying to get rid of it. You break it by responding to something else. That's how you break it. You respond to something else. You know what, what, you know what you can, you say, well, what else do I respond to? How about praise? I praise you, Father. I thank you that I'm free. I respond to the word. I respond to what you say instead of what my body feels like it wants to do. That's good. Hallelujah. All that's for free. Turn with me. I, I want you to see something. Uh, John chapter 2, John chapter 2 and verse 1. 
John chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. <laughs> I love it. It even states that she was there before it tells you he was there. <laughs> but when mama shows up. Yes. <laughs> and then it tells you, and both Jesus. And, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what do I have to do with thee? Or what, this isn't my business. Mm -hmm. This isn't my party. <laughs> Not my wedding. Not my problem. Not my issue. So she comes to him, not with her need, but with a need on behalf of someone else. And he said to her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Look at this. Mine hour is not yet come. Is he right or is he not right? He's right. <laughs> and I love conversation over. She's done talking to him. She just said, they need more wine. He said, it's not time. This is not my business, not time. She didn't even respond to him. You know what she did? And his mother said to the servants, she's done talking to you. I'm talking to them. They're servants now. I'm done talking to you. She turned to the servants. She says, I love this. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. What did she do? She put a demand on him to say something to them. She told him. She's just letting them know. You stand here and you wait because he's going to say something to you. How did she know she lived with him? She knew. She knew his practice. She knew that he only said what he heard his father say. She knew that. And uh, she put a demand on him by not even talking to him anymore. I'm talking to these people. <laughs> these servants, whatever he says, you do it. And now he's saying, well, I guess I got to say something. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because mama said. Yeah. Can I tell you this? Miracle power flowed, even though he said it's not his time, just because mama said. Yeah. Mama with faith can say, even though it says it's not time for this to change, I say it is. <laughs> There's something about faith in a mama. Amen. So, she said, whatsoever he says to you, do it. What is she telling him? He's going to say something to you. Respond. She's telling him, respond. And whether or not they responded determined what was going to happen for everyone. Whether or not you respond determines what's going to happen for everyone in your family. It's going to determine what's going to happen for your children and your grandchildren. Your 
response determines not just your future, right. somebody else's Amen. future. Somebody yeah. The world calls it a choice. And that's a correct word. We make choices. A choice is a response. And the Bible says, uh, it talks about that sin has no more dominion over us. Right? So it says, therefore yield to God. Yield to the Holy Ghost. It's saying, in other words, quit yielding or responding to sin or wrongdoing. Now respond to something else. The Holy Ghost. So the way to get past the wrong thing is respond to the right thing. You don't try to get rid of the wrong thing and tell it to leave you alone. Just keep responding to the right thing and the wrong thing will leave. Yeah. Amen. But this is why they got a miracle. Because she said, whatsoever he says to you, do it. What if he told them to do something? They said, we don't work for you. We're not doing it. You see, it took people to respond. This lets you know miracles don't just appear. They come because someone responded. So many people think that miracles is just the appearing of things that used to be there, now it's not, used to not be there, now it's there. But miracles from God happen because someone responded when it wasn't there. Right. Yes. Amen. When it wasn't right, when the body wasn't functioning right, when the finances wasn't, weren't there, somebody responded right and it changed the outcome. Amen. It's all about our response. Let's take, let's take this phrase that Mary said. Can I tell you what? This is the key to miracles. What she said is the key to miracles. What is it? Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Whatsoever God says to you, do it. Whatsoever the Holy Ghost says to you, do it. God said to me about two days before I came here, he made this statement. Miracles come as a result of following the Holy Ghost. Miracles come as a result of following the Spirit. You can't just follow your feelings and get a miracle. You can't follow your financial report and get a miracle. And you have to respond and follow the Holy Ghost. Following the Holy Spirit is responding to Him. Isn't it? So this is the key to miracles. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. This is where a lot of people mess up is they see what the Holy Spirit told someone else to do and they try to follow that and it doesn't work out the same. Then they accuse the word of not working. No, the word works, but the Holy Ghost didn't tell you to do that. You know, in, in times past as a pastor, I ran into this, that somebody in the church, they had faith to handle their children medically a certain way, that they didn't take their children to the doctor. That's fine with you, but you, be, you better practice on you, not on your children. You're wrong practicing on someone other than you. Once you're good, once you're skillful with you, then you can bring it to others, right? 
And so somebody in our church was going to have their children vaccinated and somebody else who said that they don't do that. And I'm not preaching either way or for it. They were trying to make this family afraid. Don't you know all this could happen and that could happen? And I had to step in and stop it and say, wait a minute. If the Holy Ghost dealt with you to do one thing, that's fine. But don't take what he told you and counsel someone else with the counsel given you. Because the Holy Ghost will counsel everyone based on their measure of faith, not based on your measure of faith. That's why whatsoever he says to you, do that. Don't do what he said to someone else. Because he's going to say to someone else based on their measure of faith, and he's going to say to you based on your measure of faith. That's why the Holy Ghost will tell one person to go to the doctor, and he'll tell another person they don't need to. You can't tell what the Holy Ghost told you and go tell everybody else that that's the doctrine that they have to live by. Amen. The key to success in life for the believer is follow the Holy Ghost. Do what God tells you to do through the Holy Ghost. Amen. I love this phrase that Mary gave us. She learned the key to getting miracle power into manifestation. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Look at this word, whatsoever. Because sometimes the whatsoevers can sound crazy. Are you kidding, God? You want me to do that whatsoever? Whatsoever. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Uh, my husband went home to be with the Lord in 2013. I was left with six and a half million dollars financially I became responsible for. So I had a lot of immediate financial needs. And I woke up one morning and the word of the Lord came to me. As soon as I woke up and it was only maybe a couple of months after my husband's home going. And the word of the Lord came to me and said, I want you to sow a certain amount of money to this preacher. And he named a preacher. And I said, okay. But I knew this. I didn't even have that amount of money. So if God told me to sow it, it must be on its way. But it needs my faith for it to reach me. Yes. So I said, Father... I hear that. See, when God speaks to you, let him know you hear. That's good. Don't just sit and not say anything. Respond to him. Respond without argument. Without telling him why you shouldn't and couldn't. And so I said, okay. And so I said, I don't have that amount of money, so it must be available to me. Or you wouldn't tell me to give it. So I said, so I... I say, Satan, you take your hands off that money. Angels, you go and you cause that money to come. I receive that money. Within 10 days, that amount of money, that was the largest offering I had ever given. And within 10 days, that amount of money came plus the amount to tithe on it. Because, see, I'm going to tithe on it first. My local church gets it. And then I'm going to give. That's just me. And so... I did that, and I called my financial gal, and I said, I want you to bring over uh, an overnight envelope. We're going to overnight it to this minister. She said, you know, and they said, well, he's out of the country. I said, I don't care if he's out of the country. 
this envelope is leaving my hands. Why did God tell me in advance, number one, to release my faith, but number two, so I wouldn't eat it? I had such financial needs. I could not. He wanted to make, he told me before it showed up so that I wouldn't mistake it as my answer. It was my seed. And so he told me in advance before it hit my hands. Now, the reason most people struggle with giving is because they argue. If you hold on to what God said give, you'll struggle with letting it go. So that's why I said to my gal, come over here, we're overnighting this thing. Why? Is if I get it, the quicker I get it out of my hands, the devil's not gonna try to talk me into holding on to it. That's right. It's already done, devil. You're gonna have to use that strategy on somebody else who's holding on to their seat. That's right. The quicker you act. The, the quicker you get free from the bombardment that the devil will try to bring to keep you from acting. And so we overnighted that. Ten days later, I received a quarter of a million dollars. Unexpected. Unexpected. Why? Because I responded. Yes. If I hadn't responded when he spoke to me that morning, if I would have responded wrong and said, I can't give that amount of money. I already need $2 million. What do you mean? I mean, I need $2 million soon within the next couple months. What do you mean give that amount of money? See, if I would have responded wrongly, I would have eaten the fruit of my response and I would have, I would have struggled. But because I responded rightly, we can respond wrong or we can respond right. Whatsoever he says to you, even when it doesn't make sense to be giving away money when you need it so much, whatsoever, whatsoever, what that huge, it's a huge word, whatsoever he says, do it. People are willing to do whatsoever they thought of. But whatsoever he says. Very good. Whatsoever he says. So to receive a miracle, God's going to say something. He's going to say something to a man. If you're going to receive a miracle, he's going to say something to you. If you're going to minister a miracle, he's going to say something to you. You have to not only hear for your miracle, but you, if you're going to minister a miracle, you have to help hear for others because many times they don't know how to hear. And that's why God's involving you because he needs not only your hands, he needs your hearing. He needs you hearing what he's saying for them so that they can receive the miracle they need because many times they don't know how to hear so that they can receive their miracle. Amen. I mean, and when I'm in a service last night, those of you that got healed or there are people that were healed through live stream that contacted us and let us know how come they were healed because I responded to what I heard. If I wouldn't have responded to what I heard, you wouldn't have received your healing problem. Because God works. He, do, he involves man. He doesn't work apart from man to perform miracles. He involves man. So whatsoever he says to you, do it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
whatsoever. See, your faith gives him permission. It, it, notice, you can't, he doesn't do it because just, he can't move and bring miracles to pass just because he wants to. He has to have someone uh -huh. that will respond to what he wants to do. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So basically, your response is your permission. Yes. Your response is to be your faith. Because faith is nothing but giving God permission. Yes. People get tripped up over this word of faith, but I tell you what, faith is you giving God permission. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Because when God, when you have a financial need, you walk up with your faith and you say, Father, you said you would supply all my needs. See, isn't that an act of faith? You know what that's doing? That's giving God permission to supply your needs. Hallelujah. The gift of the spirit listed in 1 Corinthians 12 called the working of miracles. Right? There are nine manifestations or gifts of the Spirit of how the Spirit manifests Himself. It's called the working of miracles. Notice it's not called the appearing of miracles. It's the working. And sometimes a work is a step-by-step -step process. When did we see a working of a miracle? Sometimes that working can appear instantaneously. It can be so sped up, it's an instantaneous appearance. But sometimes it's worked as you walk out step by step. What about when Peter saw Jesus walking on the water? And Peter said the right thing. He said, if it's you, bid me come. Notice this. He said, I'm not getting out of the water till you say to. He's, he knew I have to have a word that will move me forward. So Jesus said, one thing, come. Right? Whatsoever he says, do it. So Peter crawls out of the boat and he goes and he makes that first step and oh, he's on top of the water. Right? He makes a second step. What's he doing? Come. Every step is a come. Yeah. He's moving toward Jesus coming. Then he stopped because he saw the waves, felt the wind, and started to sink. Why? Because he quit coming. The word was come. The word was not go halfway and stop. The word was come. As long as he would have kept coming, he would have kept walking on it. But when he did something other than come, then he started sinking. Whatsoever he says to you, don't add to it. Peter add, added something to it. He added a stop and he added an observance to it. He didn't say observe, look and see what the, see, see, see what the conditions are like first, Peter. You know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the son of God. You know, they don't affect me, but... Right. No, it wasn't any of that. He just said, come. That's all he needed to succeed was to know what Jesus said. All you need to succeed is know what the Spirit's saying to you. Amen. Don't you decide what you want and then say God said. That's not the Spirit. You conjuring up something, formulating something, desiring or zealous towards something. Uh, I want her. I want him. I want that house. I want that business. I want that car. Just because you've thought of it and even got your affections warm over it by thinking a lot about it does not mean it now becomes the voice of God. No matter how 
thrilled and excited you get at the prospect. It still doesn't mean it's him saying that to you. To be skillful with miracles, you have to remove what you want and you have to know what he says. You may want, because a lot of people will tell God how a miracle should happen. I want you to use this person. I want you to use this avenue. But I love something Pastor Noel says. He quotes over um, when it says God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And Pastor Noel made this statement, if you can think of it, God's not using it. Because his thoughts are higher. So what you thought of goes in the trash can. The heavenly trash can. Why? Because God's not directing you based on what you thought of. He has a higher way. He has a higher plan. A higher purpose. And I don't know about you, I want to live that higher life. To do that whatsoever he says to you, do it. Whatsoever he says, not not whatsoever your family says. Now, to obey what he says, at some point in your life you're going to have to go against what family says. Jesus had to do that. Yeah. Yeah. At some point. Some point what God says has to matter to you more than what relatives say. Because what they say, as much as you love them, is not equal to God. Even though some people think they are the Holy Ghost. They are not the Holy Ghost. Amen. Whatsoever He saith. Not even whatever you say. Whatsoever He says. Whatsoever He says to you. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. So when she said, whatsoever He saith unto you, do it. She's giving us such insight as to how we can receive a miracle. Whatsoever he says, not whatsoever your finances say. Not whatsoever the economy says. God has told me to do things at the most absurd times in my life. (laughs) Why? Because then at those absurd times, I could never do it. But he could. Then there's no confusion about who made this happen. He He will take the most unusual times and say, God, why are you telling me now to do this? Because now you know you can't do it. And only he can. Amen. Praise the Lord. Some of you to obey him are going to have to go against your spouse. Yeah, I went there. But they're going to be mad. You're going to have to be okay with somebody else being displeased at your obedience. Well, praise the Lord. I'm not trying to cause conflict in a home. I'm just letting you know if you want your home blessed, obey Him, not people. Obey Him, not people. Amen. 
Jesus said, if you don't hate your mother, your brother, your sister, he said, you're not worthy to follow me. Now he's not talking the word hate in the sense of like human Jews hate. He's saying you have to realize if I say something and they say something different, if you choose what they say, you love them more than you love me. And you have to love God more if you want a miracle. If you want a miracle, you got to love him more than you love what somebody else told you to do. If you're not willing to obey him and let others be mad, you won't receive your miracle. Now, please understand, I'm not telling you go home and tear up your household. I'm not telling you go home and pick a fight. I'm telling you, just say, just do what God told you to do and let everybody else around you know I love you, but I'm, I, I, he's my Lord. He's my Lord. He's my Lord. I love you, but I'm obeying him because he's my Lord. Amen. When my husband traveled so much and he was gone, 75% of our marriage, the first probably 25 years of our marriage, he was gone about 75% of the time. I was pastoring. I traveled with him some. I was raising our two sons. I never said to him, why don't you stay home like everybody else? Why don't you, you're absent. You're not ever here. No, no, no. He's got to obey God. And I know if he obeys God, my children's life will be safe. Yes. Yes. My children's life is not safe because their dad does what every other dad does. My children's life is safe because we obey God. And I never let my children complain against their dad being gone. It is a privilege that God has your daddy out preaching. It's a privilege. It's not hard on you. It's not hard on you because I'm here with you. I am your prize. You got me. I did not try to turn my husband into every other man. I wanted him to be the man God told him to be. You understand that? Because I valued what God said more than what I planned or what others might have said he should have done. And then people get in the mindset, well, you, you know, uh, your, your sons didn't get time with their daddy. Their sons got the best life because their daddy obeyed God. And what others call time at home is nothing but a waste of carnal living. Going to the movie together is not sowing into your child's life. I'm not saying you can't go to the movie. I'm saying, but what my, my husband was doing compared to what other people would say he ought to have been doing. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. 
Now, whatsoever he says to you, do it. Don't pray about it. That's Many don't want to do it, so they say, I need to pray about this. Because by saying that, they sound spiritual. So I need to pray about this. God doesn't want you praying about what he already told you to do. Very good. Yeah. Amen. Now, the only thing you may pray about is make it clear to me the best way to do this. Yeah. But not praying with the idea of getting him to change what he said. Amen. Many, can I tell you this? Most people know what God's told them to do. I would dare to say about every Christian knows what God's told them to do, even when they act like they don't. It's just that they don't want to do what they know. But that you can't get a miracle until you do what he says. Amen. Hallelujah. Do it. Nike was not the first. Just do it. That was not. No, no. Mary was the first. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. He didn't say counsel about it. He didn't say poll four people in the family and see if they think it's right. Amen. Whatever he says to you, do it. Amen. Because in the doing of it, then he will add his doing of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, then go with me and we'll, we'll close with this tonight. Job chapter 22. We went a whole different direction than I planned tonight, but that's okay, right? Right? Job chapter 22. In verse 21, the Amplified Translation. So if you, some of you who have a device, you may be able to pull up that Amplified Translation and read that part with me. Job 22, verse 21. Acquaint now yourself with him. Notice he doesn't say he's going to get acquainted with you. You get acquainted with him. Why? He already knows you. Now we need to learn him. We need to learn the Holy Spirit. Acquaint now yourself with him. Now it says in parentheses, agree with God. Okay. So those who are acquainted with him, agree with him. That's what... It, this is spelling out. Acquaint now yourself with him. Don't argue with him. Don't withhold from him. Yeah. Don't disobey. Just agree. Agree. I love something Dad Hagen said. He said, do you want to know what a spiritual giant is? He said, a spiritual giant is someone whose heart and their mind agree. Amen. That means that their mind is renewed so that it agrees with what's in their heart instead of cuts, shuts down what's in their heart, instead of cutting off and arguing with what's in their heart. Because when their mind agrees, their mind facilitates what's in their heart 
being carried out. Yes, yeah. that's right. When someone is carnal, their mind thinks differently than their heart and says, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Yeah. I know what I know what's in my heart, but I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. That's called carnality. Right. Yeah. But with God, if you're acquainted with Him, it says, agree with Him. And then the Amplified goes on to say, and show yourself to be conformed to His will. What's that mean, show yourself? It means do it. If you're going to show yourself, you're going to do something. So He says, show yourself to be conformed. Don't just say you agree, do it. Right? Because there are a lot of people, I love something Brother Norville says. He said, God doesn't believe a word you say. He only believes what you do. Because all of us have said something that we took too long to do. Right? Haven't we? I'm guilty. You ever been guilty? Yeah. And this is what... We're told that when you're acquainted with God, you agree and you do it. You don't take too long to do it. That's good. And then it says, and be at peace. Ah. Ah. On the other end of agreeing and obeying God is peace. That's the outcome of being acquainted with him. Couldn't we say this? Responding to him. Knowing what he wants us to do and responding to that. Now go on with me to the next phrase. By that. By what? By agreeing and doing what he says. By that you shall prosper. Look at that. And great good shall come to you. Look at this. You don't have to chase it. It just comes to you. When you agree with God and do what he says, you become a magnet for everything you need to come to you. It magnetizes you. That things are attracted to you. You attract the things you need, and then it go, then that lines up with Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be. Oh, they come. You're not out chasing money. You're not out chasing trying to get some kind of something in your life. Just your focus is God. Whatsoever you say to me, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to do it, and when I do. Shows up. How, my miracle shows up. Hallelujah. 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 So, what's one of the keys to having miracles? Whatsoever He says to you, do it. If you will get that one thing big on the inside of you, you will be unstoppable. You will rise to the top of every situation because what he says will always put you on top. If he can just get us responding to what he says, but we're in the habit of arguing or we're in the habit of debating it or we're in the habit of going our own plan or or we're in the habit of yielding to our flesh that doesn't want to deal with that. Everything. 
anything I do to obey God, I have to overcome my flesh to do it. Yes. To pray, you have to you have to put down your flesh, right? Yes. To believe God, to to uh, come boldly to the throne of grace, you got to put down your flesh that just would rather just eat and go shop. Yes. Sure. Yes. Yes. You know, um, to walk in love, you have to put down your flesh. To release your faith, you have to put down the flesh, because the flesh would rather just sit and look at the television, right? Every act of obedience, you have to bypass your flesh to do it, for your spirit to get it. So learn to respond based on your spirit and not just your flesh getting its way all the time. But see, before we were born again, our flesh was in the lead, baby. Our, we did exactly what our flesh wanted us to do. And now it doesn't like when the lead gets taken away from it. And it gets put back at the back of the line. Amen? And that's why Mary let him know, if you want a miracle, if you want something, whatsoever he says, just do it. Can I tell you one way to really make sure that miracles become a flow of your life is to lay down your own preferences. Get rid of preferences. Get rid of, I prefer, well, I I prefer this. I prefer, because you know what I prefer? Stay at home in bed. That's what I prefer. That's what I prefer. But if I do that, I don't fulfill anything that's in my heart. I prefer, uh, I prefer the whole cake. And don't you think I couldn't? telling somebody the other day, my mother used to make this statement and I just never understood it and I still don't. <laughs> she used to make this, this real chocolatey cake that was very moist. She said, oh, it is so good. You just don't need icing. I go, what? There's no such thing as cake that does not need icing because the cake is only there to hold up the icing. <laughs> It's only there to hold up the icing. So just, I'm just saying, you know, I could do the whole thing. That's what I'm That's what I'm saying. I could respond. If I was just responding to my flesh, you would need about four people to move off this bench so that I could sit down. Right? Is that not right? You too. You too. That's what would happen if we kept responding to our flesh without restraint. How about we respond to our hearts without restraint? We respond to the Holy Ghost without restraint. You talk about miracles. You talk about miracles if we just every day practice doing what God said do. Just do today what God said do. Do in the face of this need what God said do. You talk about miracles. The church would be full of miracles. You'd be full of things that you've been just asking for. Too many times we're asking for things when we should be responding to things. Are you helped tonight? Yes. 
Stand with me to your feet. Father, we're so grateful for your word. We are so, so grateful for your word. Your word takes our life and it sets it on course. Your word gives us the best life. We are so grateful for your word, Father. Say this with me. I'm here to better learn how to respond to you, Father. When I leave this building, I purpose, I shall respond to everything that you tell me to do. Things you've already told me that I haven't done, I'm going to pick them up and do them. Thank you, Father, for your patience in bringing us into the knowledge of your word, of how to move with you. Father, it is a complete privilege. Everything you say, it's a joy to our hearts. We love your word. We love your word. We love your written word, but we love the word you speak to our that which you tell us to do it's our joy it's our delight and we're thrilled to do it hallelujah 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 the working of a miracle when God said to me that morning I want you to send this amount of money when I took that step Yes. It was beginning to work. Yes. And then the, the, the larger sum of money came to me. It didn't appear overnight. It was worked. That work, that miracle was worked as I did whatever he said. It's not the appearing of a miracle. Now, don't misunderstand me. Sometimes things can appear, but they're not going to appear apart from someone's obedience. Yes. Someone, even if it's not you, someone that's around you, someone ministering to you, someone has to obey. Someone has to obey. Someone has to respond. Someone has to respond. Be a responder. Be a responder. Amen. To the right thing. Listen, you're always responding to something. Always, always. You're responding to offense or bad feelings or ill will or memories of the past. Conjuring up, well, I remember what they did and you start breathing hard. And it happened 15 years ago and you're still breathing hard. How do you know if you, if you haven't forgiven them yet? By your breathing pattern. If you think of it and you start, that hyperventilation, you know, that I need a bag thing. See, we're always responding to something. Let's, let's respond to our hearts and respond to the Holy Ghost in us. Amen. Are you helped tonight? Every service is going to be a little bit different because we're going to respond to his prescription. Amen. So keep responding to the meetings by coming. You know, this is one of the things as a pastor, if you can teach people, if you'll just make the first response, which is come to church, then there's miracles on the other end of that. But if I can't get you to come, I can't even get a miracle to you. Keep coming. Amen. And I don't 
only just say that about these meetings, but about your own pastor and your own church. Keep coming. Because that is the first response to make so that other subsequent responses can be made. Amen. You have to learn this about God that moving with God is like a checkers game. When you make a move, he'll make a move. You make a move, he'll make a move. You won't be doing all the moving. He'll meet you. He will meet you. Amen. Can you think of some things you're going to go home and do? You know, there's, I had things in my heart I want to do. And it doesn't even have to be something earth-shaking. Sometimes you, he could have prompted you to read a certain book. He could have prompted you to listen to a certain message again, maybe on a CD or something you had. Whatever he says to you, do it. Do it. Amen? Because his divine help is on the other end of that. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you. You're such a wonderful example of how to respond to the Father. You said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. You are showing us proper response. We've purposed to fill our lives with divine responses. Spiritual responses. Heart responses. Responding from our heart. And we thank you for giving us the best life. Hallelujah. Remember I said this last night in quoting Oral Roberts. Every day, miracles are coming to you or going past you. Say this with me. Today, Today I take my miracle. Take my Amen. Today I take it. You say, well, nothing appeared. Remember what I said, the working. Today, sometimes it's just one step toward your miracle. And then tomorrow, it's another step toward your miracle. Amen. And then how about this? Practice responding out of your heart. Okay, so reach over to somebody next to you. Everybody's going, what? <laughs> you can do this. Just put your arm around somebody next to you and say, I love you. And I'm believing with you for your miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.